Welcome everyone to our review of The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian! Mandalore! Uh, we will discuss our spoiler-free thoughts and takeaways to start, and then we'll jump into a spoiler review later. We'll give you a spoiler warning also when we get there. So, John, I just want to know, what are your initial thoughts? Initial thoughts? Yes. Great. Great? I thought it was a great way to introduce not only... Uh, Disney Plus as a platform, but also into the, we're a great way to introduce introduce us into this new live action Star Wars type of universe uh, through TV series. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was really enjoyable. It was fun. I thought it was well paced. I think it knew exactly what type of show it was and how to do it, how to go about uh, achieving the goals that it set out. I uh, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? I I oh, fall along the same line as you. Probably not as enthusiastic. Uh, I did think it was very good, a real like a really good, really good episode uh, to get a feel for what the rest of the tone is going to be going forward. I like the new direction. I will say that it is something unlike we've ever seen before. Very very excited in that regard. As far as an overall episode, first uh, it. it it had an effect on me that I was satisfied, but I didn't want to go for seconds. Not okay. to say that I'm not excited for the next episode, but usually when I watch Star Wars content, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to see that again. I'll do a rewatch. I did not do a rewatch, just, and I'm form- forming my opinion based off just that. Okay. But I, by no means am I taking away from it. It was very good, and I did like it. I, I liked a lot of things. There's a few things that had me thinking a little bit. And yeah, that's where I'll leave it with my initial thought. Okay. I th- th- thought it was good. Good. Uh, uh, for me, at least, thinking about this, the characters were awesome. I loved the characters that they set up. I hated one character in particular. And they did something with that character, which I felt made me feel good. Uh, in the episode early on and it it really is nice to know that the character that we're watching with Pedro Pascal's character the Mandalorian we don't even know his name yet Mm -hmm. Uh, I love how they set up his stoicness I love how he walks in the room I love how he carries himself it's not a normal walk when he's in in the shots he's definitely walking with weight and yeah. I enjoy that idea of that. It feels, and everyone's saying this online, like a Western. Yeah. Definitely feeling like a stranger, outsider type of feel who has a purpose that not many would understand. Yeah. No, I, t- I totally agree. Uh, definitely with the Western feel of it. Definitely. Uh, he He's a man on a mission. He doesn't care what he has to do to achieve it. Um uh, it doesn't feel like a desperate kind of character, though, where he's he needs to achieve his mission. It's just this is who he is. This is his purpose. He is a bounty hunter. It's like his nine to five. Yeah, I mean, it's his job. Exactly. It's his it's his job without it feeling like there's a lot at stake. It's his job in which we get to watch a documentary about it. Yeah, just which a, I, I, a day I in the life. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the story. Um, it didn't grab me like I thought it would, but it's grabbed me enough to where, and I'm saying just simply from, from beginning to end, they're 
there is some sort of story there's an intro there's a little bit a little bit of exposition and it doesn't really for me get going until probably the final scene yeah and that that would be one of my one of my gripes about it is just the there's a lot of meaningless scenes in my mind i know you're setting up like oh this is the mandalorian look at how he gets to show off certain things skill sets that he has but as far as multi-layer plot devices you only follow him Mm -hmm. there's like in a scene there's like only 30 seconds you don't follow him around and that's with the the alien i really don't like oh yeah so that's the only time we don't get to see his perspective. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of would have to disagree. I think um, as far as, as the story and the plot goes, um, it, it's a, I think it's a type of show that knows that what how long it has to tell a story, that it's not an immediate instant gratification for its viewers, that it's going to be paced out over the next um how, how many episodes is it, is it it's eight episodes eight episodes uh it's got, and this was a short one at 39 minutes yeah um so it's got six hours roughly probably six to seven hours to tell this type of story um it knows that it needs to set up enough intrigue initially um and it also knows that based on the viewers we're going to continue investing in it i mean we have a week uh free trial for disney plus uh for anybody that didn't or that has uh, signed up for it initially. So we've got the first uh, episode out uh, Tuesday, uh, this past Tuesday. We've got the next episode out Friday. So right off the bat, we've got instant access to the first two episodes. So it doesn't need to pay off everything initially. It can wait until the second episode, which like you said, there's that little spark at the end of this is what's coming. This is the type of stakes that we have now and what we're going to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think in the second episode, it's probably going to do more to get the ball rolling and kind of uh, excite the pace a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I I think it's, it's got enough intrigue and I have enough questions after the episode to stay invested into the next few episodes at least. Yeah, I, I, I won't take it away. I'd like, yeah, I won't take that away from it. The plot, that third or that last scene, that third mm-hmm. act, if you will. That got me excited for the next thing. Yeah. But for the most part, I was kind of like watching it on like in wonder, but also thinking like some of this is boring, which I get most first episodes for series can be that way. But some, you know, in a lot of TV shows, they present like some overarching problem that you get a sense of at the end of the end of the episode, which we did get here. But I don't know the way it was the way it was paced, which is correct for the tone. Didn't really sit well for me. It's a it slow burn. A, it's a slow burn, but it being a Star Wars movie, I'm not used to it. So it's mm-hmm. a little jar, a uh, Star Wars property, not movie, but it's a yeah. little jarring. Is probably what's getting at me. That's fair. But the I loved I loved the the setting of it, the planets you visit, the CGI was good. I think they nailed it for a TV show streaming service show this looks beautiful oh yeah yeah the um i think the percentage of practical effects to cg effects uh is probably pretty similar to what the original trilogy had where Mm -hmm. so much of it felt real and tangible and worn and it wasn't as like new and shiny as the uh the prequels were for instance when they really overdid the cg i felt 
I felt like it was a good yeah like you said it's a good mix where you see the trill the original trilogy practical effects and then you see some cgi elements from the prequels but it's not overdone yeah it's definitely i will say it's definitely not as pretty as the sequels have been which are masterpieces in vfx yeah for a tv show though if i'm comparing it to tv this is amazing uh on par with game of thrones level of detail yeah i would say some minor elements probably but uh that aren't as good as game of thrones but generally generally on that on that level on that pace on that par Mm -hmm. i but i don't believe i don't believe it's at the last jedi type of beauty not on the the force awakens maybe on par with solo and it, it it feels like star wars it looks like star wars and i really enjoyed that yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there anything in this, uh, without giving anything away, is there anything from this episode that stuck out to you that that um, kind of made you cock your head like, oh, I, I really like this choice that they made? Um, my probably biggest takeaway was um, just the dynamic between the Mandalorian as a character and the things around him. Um, and just he the way he interacted with uh, a guide in uh, the middle of the episode and that, mm-hmm. that doesn't give anything away. Um, but the, the recognition that guide have had of his, of the Mandalorian's history and the history of his people. Um, you can tell that there's a weight to this character and to its heritage um, that he is fully aware of. And there's um, a couple different types of ceremonies almost throughout, uh, throughout the, the middle and the beginning of the episode um i think you know what i'm talking about we'll maybe discuss it later yeah uh where there's this tradition that we haven't really seen on screen before of the of the mandalorian as a people um so i i really appreciate how we're building the uh, i really appreciate the world building from a new perspective outside of uh the jedi and the sith and these things that we're so familiar with because even in the in the clone wars tv show you get a little bit more of the Mandalorian history and the conflict with its people in that time period. Um, but I, I, it's always good to delve back into things that are new and unfamiliar that are interesting as well. well yeah, I, it, it plays on that duality. But and, and I know which scene you're talking about, and I totally agree. I love how they explore that Mandalorian religion or that tradition that mm-hmm. they hold over. That is not... That is... It, it's a clan yeah clan type of feel so i really do enjoy that but for me what stuck out there it felt like and for some of the some of the you who played star wars games it felt like a video game but where you're watching a cutscene that goes on forever like this is the kind of quality where it's like i'm intrigued but there's nothing i need to do about this and the the mandalorian character pedro pascal's character reminds me a lot of the aesthetic of this game called bounty hunter which had Django fed in it and it just felt gritty weighted the underworld i loved that and there's even a moment where i think there is a scream when there's blasters going off yeah there's a like a little screamer yell when someone gets shot that sounds like the same effect from the Knights of the Old Republic game, 
uh, when the there's an underbelly organization and they have gang members. And when those gang members die, they make a sound. They're like, oh, I, I, to describe it on here is doesn't do it justice. But it just brought me to that. It brought me to Bounty Hunter, uh, the Django Fett, the Django Fett game. It brought me to Knights of the Old Republic. The, okay the effects and the the feeling that i got it stuck out to me that this was handled so carefully Mm -hmm. this there was a clear direction with this and i'm i am very grateful for that and just as a as as a quick aside for that um john favreau who was the uh, showrunner on this has been heavily involved with lucasfilm recently at least uh and he brought on and is basically i mean co-writing this to a degree with uh, dave filoni who mm-hmm. is like the lore expert for Skywalker Farms. Um, he's the one of the masterminds behind the Clone Wars series. Um, he directed this episode as well, and it has a similar feel, I think, to that type, or to a lot of uh, what the Clone Wars was, between the humor and the aesthetic and just like the pace of it. Um, so they, you, you're right, They there's so much care and knowledge behind, and passion behind this project. Uh, that you know, like they know exactly what they're doing, what they want to say. It definitely felt like that. Yeah, yeah. I gotta absolutely. give them credit. It, it felt like they cared, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I will consider that a win for the fans. <laughs> Which, speaking of the fans, do you do you think this is gonna does this appeal to somebody who's not a Star Wars fan? Much like how Game of Thrones appealed to people who didn't know those books existed. I think that because of the lack of exposition initially and the direction of from the world that we're taking uh i would i mean if i was somebody that didn't understand uh the previous trilogies and the skywalker saga if i were to just walk into this with a with a fresh slate um i think that there is enough tangible uh uh interest in the series to captivate me initially i would definitely be intrigued um, I don't know if, if it would be something that I would be super passionate about, um, but I think it's it's a good starting place for somebody who is new to the world. Um, now, I mean, obviously Star Wars isn't for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, but I think this is probably a better introduction point for someone new than this new trilogy of, of, of the final trilogy of Skywalker films. Really? I think so. But, well, because there's so much history and characters that tie into so many core characters that tie into the new trilogy of films um, that to just come in with a, with a blank slate to not know who Luke or Leia or Han are uh, or C-3PO or R2 or any of these core characters. And then to, to know that there's a, a weight behind them, but to not understand it, I think takes you away from it. But there's really no attachment to these characters. There's no real weight or history to them because we don't know anything about them, especially the Mandalorian itself. Mm, uh, you know, I, I I would agree with that idea. I mean, obviously, the best starting point starting point in anything Star Wars is obviously a New Hope. Yeah. But if you choose another entry, I, I would I would think that the Mandalorian is is that next spot. So I I think. As a time, as time goes on, we'll form a better opinion on whether it can be for the filthy casual. Yeah. But for right now, I think it's more, it's more for fans. But it can be for casual fans too. I think if someone's not a fan, like they're like, oh, I've never seen Star Wars or anything, watching this is going to confuse them immensely. 
because it's some of these things aren't uh, put into culture like uh, like Game of Thrones, where oh, there are dragons. People know what dragons are, even yeah. though they don't exist. Kind of like saying, oh, instead of dragons, they're unicorns. People that unicorns don't exist. They know what unicorns are. I think with the Star Wars universe, there is that kind of there's that bridge that they can't cross, but I think it can still be made for anybody who's never watched Star Wars. I think for those who are casual fans, it will still mean something. So I I I'm excited to see where this goes. And I hope that it gets to a point of exposition and understanding that people really do, non-fans, can jump over. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you think this episode is better than most TV premieres? Uh, well, I mean, obviously with something that has Disney's kind of money, I mean, there's, what, 10 to $15 million per episode? $10 million an episode, something yeah, like that? Yeah, so that gives it at least uh, quite a bit of quality on its own if nothing else for the sake of cgi and the ability to build the practical effects that they need um so from a production standpoint i think it's much better quality than a lot of other pilots oh, and things that i've seen absolutely i'll agree with you 100 percent as far as production quality do yeah. you think as an as an premiere that grabs you uh i personally i'm okay with the slow burn and the um the lack of exposition on it um because i i i understand enough of star wars to know that there will be more payoffs down the road so Mm -hmm. i i feel like i i can appreciate it more even though there may not be enough um like big flashy things that catch so many people's eyes um and not to say like i'm a master of nuance or anything but um i it i think it uh it echoed well with me and i i think i liked it more than a lot of other pilots that i've seen lately especially like it, I think it's way better than the Game of Thrones pilot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. Well, I mean, the Game of Thrones pilot, with how it ends, feels is is similar to this. Yeah. There's nothing going on. It's there's a little bit of political indis, uh, political intrigue where this family is with the king, the Lannisters. They make fun of the Starks, the way they live, and then. The Starks are trying to be respectful, but they're also talking about how fat the king is and all this stuff. Kind of, it's a terrible, it's not a great first episode until that last scene. Fantastic. And I yeah. think I think this, the Mandalorian tried to do that. I don't think they were far off from the market. I thought they were very close to that feeling of like, oh, I'm going to watch another episode. And I think this also fails from not, I mean, I think we've discussed before, not on a podcast, but in general, that doing it episodically, like uh, a weekly release, yeah. will be a good thing. After watching this first episode, I wish they had released maybe three episodes to start because the way it ended, I like into it. I'd be like, man, I wish there was another episode. Five minutes later, I could. I wasn't as I wasn't feeling doesn't that like same hold feel. your attention as as well as say the Game of Thrones pilot did. Yeah, with the way the Game of Thrones pilot ended, I was like, I need to watch the next one. What happened to this kid? Uh, you know, talking about Bran. But with this one, I was intrigued. But it's so open ended. I know it's I I don't know. So I at first I was like yes. Five minutes later, I was like, okay, okay. It didn't grab me like Chinese food. Or thirty minutes later, like I need more. <laughs> <laughs> so that would 
I, I still think it's, like you said, it's better than most pilots. But I, it, it's better than most TV pilots, I will say that. But I think it's pretty much on par. I don't think it's a great step above a bunch of the streaming ones and production quality that you get from HBO, that you get from Hulu, from Amazon. I think it's on par with those. So if you're wondering if Disney has hit below the mark, I think it's hit on the mark. Okay. And I, uh, as far as like a precursor for the next uh, Disney Plus originals, like all the MCU TV shows that are coming, I think, as we've discussed, like with this level of production um, and the budget and the money that they're able to pour into it, to me at least, um, I know that I'm going to be getting good quality um, production at least from all these future TV shows. So I know that they're going to do the effects of Scarlet Witch right. And I know that they're going to get... Um, uh, the Loki series. They're going to be able to time jump into all these different locations and places uh, and time eras. Uh, I know they'll be able to pull off that pretty well. So for me, at least, that's foreshadowing of, of pretty good series. And I think Disney Plus is, money-wise, pretty well set to make some good shows. Let's hope so. Let's hope a bunch of those kids, let's hope a bunch of parents buy Disney Plus so kids can watch the easy, low-budget content that pays for us to get our higher stuff. There it is. Our better quality stuff. So I think we're both on the same page. As we thought it was good. I think I think you're a little bit more excited than me. I still I enjoyed it very much. It's not like when we walked out of Last Jedi and you're like, oh, man, wasn't that great? And I was like, uh. Chris, that was a dark time in my life. Let's... Uh... <laughs> Let's not go back to that, okay? I've transformed you. Anyways. I was not a fan of The Last Jedi. It's okay. Don't hate me. But we're going to go into spoiler territories, everyone. So if you haven't seen the ep- the new, epi- new episode, the premiere, go see it, please. I, I think it's definitely worth a watch for anybody who's a Star Wars fan. Yeah. All right. We're in spoilers. John. Spoilers. John. Chris. Mini Yoda. Little baby Yoda thing. Baby Yoda. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. The, well. So what excited me so much about that was that that's only the third time that we've ever seen a creature from the species on any kind of canonical material at all. We've got Yoda. We've got Yaddle, which nobody's really ever familiar with that with her. But she she was in the first movie and then she disappeared. Yeah. And the explanation for her is in the legends. So what, and it's not even a lot. Yeah. And so now we have a third, only the third ever sighting of this type of species, which just gives it that much more intrigue. Like, obviously, with all of the other uh, examples of the species that we've seen, they're all super force sensitive and very powerful. Yes. So you know that there's this potential and this mystery behind this, this baby that people are fighting over because they want to use that power for themselves. That's probably why the bounty was placed on it and why they want it alive, but they're also willing to accept dead because at least then the threat is nullified. Um, yeah. But uh, with the with the idea of horn-sister of creatures with the Zabrax and the and uh, the Night Sisters, uh, the creatures of Dathomir, it's mm-hmm. so great that we finally get to see a light side uh well not finally, I think there are other iterations of it in in outside canon in the expanded universe but i am excited to see this i think it's amazing i think it's cool and this is the it's in the final scene this is what got me like oh this is interesting but not because you know 
we've never seen other Yodas. I think that's cool. But yeah. I'm more interested in what the Mandalorian's decision is going to be. Because for what, like, he killed he killed IG 11. Yeah. Because the IG 11 was going to shoot it. And I'm wondering, was that because he had for morality reasons or because he wanted to bring it alive so he gets a better bounty for the uh, the Biscar? Yeah. Uh, or Fiskar. Uh, I don't know. Steel. Uh, uh... Uh, Beskar, yeah, Beskar, Beskar steel. The Beskar steel. I, I'm, I'm curious. Like, did he keep it alive for that? Is it, or is it because it's a baby? That's where my mind's going. I'm interested. What he's gonna do with this baby Yoda? That's true. His morality is pretty gray in the in the previous part of the episode. That's true. I hadn't thought of it like that. He's at, he's at least at least I know he's honorable in the way that you know the Ugnot, which not Ugnot, Nick Nolte, <laughs> which I thought was cool. I have spoken. I have spoken. And he walks away. I, I love that that nuance that they brought to a species where it's just a quirk. Mm-hmm. And it works. Yeah. I love it. But with the Nick Nolte character, you know, he's like, thank you for bringing me here. Here, take this as payment. And the, the Nick Nolte character, the other guy's like, no, no. I don't need this. All I want is peace. So the Mandalorian does have a sense of, like, you brought me here. Take payment. I like that honorable yeah that honorable side he has obviously he's a bounty hunter and he's gonna do some dark some some dark stuff but uh, it was very nice to see that idea of like you know i could still pay you i could still be gentlemanly in this way kind of like how only sirs and generals would be on the battlefield in the 1700s they'd be like oh it's a gentleman's game (laughs) you know it, it felt not like that but it felt better than a western yeah in in which people can be respectful like a samurai western yeah even though samurai in history were very cunning and very very deceitful (laughs) very 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 much uh very much the opposite of what the legends tell us (laughs) but man that first scene oh when he goes and picks up the the bounty yeah i hated that alien (laughs) he's so annoying and I, I love that he carbon froze him. Well, I mean, I think at least that way you feel like it's deserved. I mean, you're right. Like, I kind of wanted it to end, but not to the same level that I think you did. Um, but it, it's like a more of a dry sense of humor, I think, when they were that they were trying to introduce. And overall, I think the humor, I think, worked pretty well. That character, was, he was just, just weird. And like, you, you don't really know what he did to deserve having a bounty on his head. You don't know what he was involved in or how he got mixed up in anything. Yeah. And with that scene, what would make it better for me? Because I like the scene until he goes under for the bathroom. Yeah. Now, I don't have a problem with the bathroom. I have a problem when he opens up the gun locker and he just closes it. Why do you say that? Can he grab a gun to protect himself? Like maybe he's going to go up there and kill the Mandalorian character. Like it just, it just felt like he was helpless even though he just opened a giant gun locker he knows what's going on is he gonna go down without a fight so to me at least i think he's he just witnessed a whole room full of of guys with blasters get taken out by this one guy so he knows that the mandalorian is pretty invulnerable to blaster fire and that if he's not experienced enough he's not going to stand a chance anyways in close quarters combat so it it was probably more out of just fear of this character that he was like, no, 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 I'm not going to die today. Cause he knows that if he gets, if he starts shooting, he's going to die no matter what, like he, he's going to go back. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to not be brought back warm. He's going to be brought back cold. 
Yeah, that that was really cool. Uh, that go, threat. That threat. Moving forward, uh, what is what is your favorite scenes? I think um, part of my well, my favorite scene. I don't. It would probably be a tie between his interaction with Yugnot and his interaction with IG Eleven because it shows a depth to this character that he's more than just a mercenary and a bounty hunter. He, um, he's like you said, like he's very respectful of the help that is given to him by this Ugnot. Mm-hmm. He, um, when they're discussing, uh, like your ancestors used to ride, what were they called? Uh, mythosaurs. Mythosaurs. Your ancestors used to ride this myth- mythosaurs, so you can ride a blurg. Is it um, mythosaurs or mythosaurs? Mytho, myth, mythothings. 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 Okay. Mythothings. Um, so he, he is respectful. He, uh, admires this, this character's opinion. And he understands that he's right. Like he he should be able to do this. Um, and there's just this that subtlety and complexity that I appreciate. And then his interaction with IG Eleven, um, where they're they're fellow bounty hunters. He's trying to be fair at least with it. Like they both show up at the same time. Um, whether or not he plans to like play him or betray him afterwards is kind of up in the air. Um, but he's just there, and and their comedic interaction between um, Taika Waititi's portrayal of the character which I thought was was well done. It wasn't overdone like um, like it could have been if they just copied it from uh, oh, yeah. Korg. And, I was just surprised how early we got IG-11. Yeah. I, like most most of the stuff in the trailers were in this. Like it's Except for, what is it, Carl Esposito? Yeah. Yeah. His character has not been shown yet. And like the bounty hunters like Bill Burr and the woman from, what is it, Wrestling? Or something, yeah. UFC, I don't know, but the there's Gina a, Carano, yes, Gina Carano. But they're not; they haven't made their appearance yet. But mm-hmm. as far as the early trailer stuff that we got, we've seen a good chunk of it already. Yeah, which is, I think, positive in that we don't know where this is going, how it's going to end. They, I think, just like with uh, the Rise of Skywalker trailer, they do a good job of of kind of like hitting the fan service points, but not enough to really give anything away and leave you with a lot of questions and leaves them a lot of room for twists. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, overall, like for me, I'm, I'm, there is a lot of r- room left. And for me, my favorite scene was gotta be the the armory. Okay. The person who's forging is like, when he's trying to be like, How, do you have an insignia, uh, insignia or logo, basically? And he's like, no. And she's like, soon, you know, like it hasn't like, revealed yet. itself yet. Yeah. So it shows me some motivations for the character. Mm-hmm. And I really like how complex they're making the Mandalorian to be mm-hmm. without him saying a lot. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. The subtleties, the subtleties I did in the writing were great where it's like, hey, I want to get paid for this bounty. And they're like, here's some Imperial credits. And he's like. Uh, if you could not tell, the Empire is no longer around. So give me someone else. And they're like, how about Calamari? Which is a play off the Mon Calos, which is Admiral Akbar species. Yeah. That must be their their currency. And he's just like, fine. And he even takes like a lower cut too. So, and uh, the bounties that they give him are not good until he gets this big score. I love, I loved all that. When he's on that planet, that runaround of this is a nine to five but that's a nine to five with a goal at the end mm-hmm. of being a bounty hunter. He's looking for glory. He's looking for establishment of a logo and to be among the clans. 
Yeah. Even though they do not do a lot of exposition for it. Which, like, they, they had those quick little flashbacks to him as a, as a kid. Um, and I definitely think that we're going to get more of those down the road. But it's just enough to kind of flash where he's been from and then move forward. Because I don't think he's really hung up on it. I think he's the type of character that's just going to keep pushing forward, do what he has to do to survive. Um, he's not, like, avenging... At least it doesn't seem like he's avenging anyone's death. Or maybe not, not even necessarily, like, the dignity of his people. It's just he is like a lone gunman out on his own taking care of himself yeah well i i I like that scene he has with the ford with the the forge but i also don't like the way they portray that they're oh look it's like little kids that are from the mandalorian camps just walking around in this underbelly where the where the clan symbol is i don't Mm -hmm. know it just it didn't feel it didn't feel concise to me but i think i'm reading too much into it and it just felt like, like I said, I like the swag that he walks when he goes to the market. There's the creature, I don't think his name Psy Sybils or whatever. Yeah. The Java creature. And there's one like in a cage and there's one being roasted and it's like, oh no. <laughs> like it's crying for its its roasting brethren. There are yeah. a lot of different small things that they did with this that I really enjoy. But it was just, it didn't feel like there was enough action in it we were just getting a big like i said earlier there you you don't think there's a lot of exposition in this but i think there's a lot of exposition that makes no sense like the scene with the the ice walrus yeah what was the that it felt like there was no point to that scene because the mandalorian didn't look like uh like it didn't establish him as a badass or anything in that he shot the creature with his gun and that was it, and let go of the, of the the ship. Well, and I mean, I'm sure there'll be things that come back and and pay it off a little bit later. I mean, it it shows that he, it's I think it's the dichotomy of the of uh, his of the character that he was with, um, how that character was panicking. He felt like his life was in in danger, and the Mandalorian just calmly stood up. He walked to the back. He got out on the outside of a ship, poked it with his gun, electrocuted it. It fell. He knows exactly how to take care of situations. It showed his confidence and his calm and his swagger. And he didn't even have to think about it. He wasn't panicked at all. Um, it wasn't anything outside of his comfort zone. It was, this is what needs to happen. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver my bounty. And it nothing really bothers me. Hey, hey, when you frame it that way, yeah. I felt like they could have done more with that scene, though. Fair I enough. did really think it was cool when the monster basically ate the dude in the uh, in the land speeder yeah. that was hilarious that was so f- to me i was laughing yeah but uh um the comedy moments that are standing out to me is the the thermal detonator like self-destruct from ig11 <laughs> and he's like no 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 don't do that <laughs> that felt re- that felt great yeah it felt very natural fairy um it wasn't like slapstick comedy it felt like that original Star Wars type of humor where it would just kind of flowed casually um, and just uh, uh, like I, I love Taika Waititi and I'm glad that he's directing more episodes that he's involved in this series. Um, and I think they, they utilized his type of humor very well and not not overdone or like amplified in any way. It was it was just enough to counteract uh, the Mandalorian's sensibilities. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I very much liked how his character interacted. And IG-11 was a badass shooting everyone. Oh my gosh, yes. 
Like, that's how a droid would kill people. So now, do you think with, since it's a droid, and there are obviously multiple iterations of that type of droid, do you think that since IG-11 is dead, that they might bring bring in IG-12, excuse me, or IG-13 or something, another variation of this and use Taika Waititi in that way? I've actually thought about this. I think that, so IG-11 got shot. Yes. You in know, the head. I, in the head. I think the guild is going to have access to him. And they're going to be like, he was on the target. What happened? They're going to go and they're going to restore his systems to find out what happened. And maybe the guild is going to go against the Mandalorian, which is going to make him feel more alone. Okay. I think that's something that I'm, me looking forward, that's what the potential is, is that IG-11, because of his incident, is going to help propel the story to, hey, now the guild's on you. And maybe he betrays the Empire and the client, or maybe because he's working with the client, the guild finds out what's going on, which it could be like the Ravagers from Marvel where we don't steal kids, you Mm -hmm. know? Maybe it might be, we don't traffic kids, it might be the same thing here with the guild where it's like, we don't kill kids. Or do you think or that... Or we don't, we, we don't fail a contract in this way. So you think he might be used like Nebula was in Endgame, where they, they take a, like a visual recording from their memory banks and see exactly what happened in that situation, yeah. and that sparks the conflict to move oh, forward. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, I, I definitely am intrigued with that. And I'm, and I'm intrigued to see if the reason why he didn't kill the Yoda is it because of moral code, or is it because of, of the payment. Fair so. enough. So what would what are your final takeaways uh, from this this episode so far? Are you excited about future episodes? What do you think? I'm excited about future episodes. Now I know I said I wasn't grabbed as much, but I'm still excited. Like the fan service in it enough, I'm excited. Yeah. I you know whether and the blurgs I did not like, but I did like that they wanted to involve different creatures speeders that they brought back you know him being practical like why can't we just take a speeder dude <laughs> talking to the ugnot uh nick nolte's character in the lore so uh i'm excited and i think i think that as time goes on this slow burn is not i don't think it's gonna be a slow burn for the rest of the season oh yeah i think every episode is gonna pick up a little bit more a little mm-hmm. bit more i think it's going to accelerate and this this episode just seemed boring to me, but I'm okay with that. I think it's gonna be like a like a train getting going, where initially it's very slow, but eventually it's got enough momentum and power behind it to really really pack a punch. Yeah, and but I still don't want to I still don't want to take my critical eye away from it. For me, who's just casual and not like some critic or whatever, but I just hope that I'm more worried about Disney sticking the landing. Okay. Because they have a cool concept here. And now I totally hate for them to screw it up. Fair enough. So do you think that they just kind of... Do you think that in any way that they played it safe for this this premiere? Is that maybe what you're thinking about like with the slow burn? Uh, do you think that they were afraid to jump full on into the action? Or what do you think? I think they... Uh, I think they played safe in the right places. I think they took risks... Uh, I think they, they, I thought they took good risks. Uh, they played it safe, obviously with, they, 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 they played it safe with the choices of, you know, we're not going to talk as much, you know, this is part of the tone disposition, 
you know, and in in some of the scenes where the Pedro Pascal's character is talking, I don't feel, I don't feel like he's that menacing. He seems more confused, mm-hmm. or he just seems kind of bored. So, but I like how they use so little of that. So I I think that's playing it safe, but I did like that choice. I like the. I like the choices that they're going to make for the future with the Yoda thing. That writing, that's got me excited. That's yeah. that's a risk. Yeah. Because some people, you know how they are. I don't want to know the origins. I don't want to know more about this character. Keep it a mystery. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? So I think in one regard, I think the opposite in that the choice for Pedro Pascal's character to be so, um, to have such a little dialogue and to be more nuanced in that regard, especially when you can't see his face and his uh, the subtleties in that react kind of reaction, I think is more of a risk from a storytelling standpoint in this day and age, when more people rely on such flashy things to really grasp onto. Um, for him to be so minimalistic in, in his communication, um, and for us to be able to relate to it, I think in, in fewer ways than someone who communicates more. Um, I think is more of a risk. Now they got great casting from him. And I think it's those little interactions with like the Ugnaught and IG-11 and the other people that he interacts with that give off the subtleties that you need. Um, but as far as um, interaction goes, there's so, so much blank or so much dead space that they have to rely on um, that subtlety to really fill in the void um, that I think if they had miscast or, production value wasn't there if there wasn't enough going on around it i think it could um could just feel just like dead space and that there wasn't anything there wasn't any momentum at all um but i think knowing pedro pascal and his type of performances um there's a bit more trust i think there's room for uh for a little bit more risk there which makes me a little bit more intrigued and excited mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll agree to disagree, but I see where you're coming from with that. Uh, do you do you think you would recommend this to to Star Wars fans, normal fans, and is there a place you would rate this amongst Star Wars content? I uh, definitely, as a viewer, I would definitely recommend this. Um, definitely from the production standpoint, I think from the like you said, like the the lanes that they've opened up here, I think are really interesting, and I, I can't wait to see where they go. Um, as far as where it stacks up against other Star Wars content, um, I mean, there's definitely a level of uh, um, uh, like grandeur to the main movies uh, that I don't think that they can really fully grasp in a TV show, um, but which is good because everything has its place. Um, Personally, I mean, I would put this above um, probably Solo. I would put it up there quality-wise with Rogue One. I think it's a probably pretty safe bet. Um, I in, I think I, it has the potential for me to enjoy it more than The Last Jedi. Obviously, with it being a premiere, there's not a whole lot there. <laughs> so there's definitely room to grow. Um, but I think tone-wise, consistency-wise, I'm... I, it's up there with Rogue One for me. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think what the I think that this is going to be probably better than Rogue One, where it ranks for me. I think it's going to be better than it's already better than the prequels. I think it's better than the Last Jedi. 
as far as Force Awakens, it doesn't need to be that because it's something completely new. So I think it's better than that. Yeah. I would say that it is in the vein of the original trilogy. And that's what has me thinking the tone they selected, the care that they put in, it has me trusting Disney more and more. Yeah. And I can't wait to see the next episode. And we get to see that this Friday. This Friday. And Woo! we'll have um we'll have another review of uh that episode next week. Yeah. Uh probably around the same time this one goes up. And we'll have a review for the full so we'll have a review for episode two and we'll have a review for episode three. Because we're just getting all those spicy episodes. Well, episode three won't be next Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday. That's right. I always keep on thinking it's Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll have... We're going to watch it, and we'll have a review out next week of episode two. Yes. Around this time. Right. Yeah. Cool. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to see where the series goes. Yeah. And I'm excited we have an outlet to talk about it. This is the series we deserve as Star Wars fans. Yes. As, yeah. I hope George is excited too. I think he will be. Yeah. Well, we'll see you next week, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.